listening to Let There Be Light, a podcast where we shed light on difficult topics in the church today through history, science, theology, and our mutual love for Jesus. It's Sunday night. <laughs> so you have to go, whoa, it's Sunday night. It's Sunday night. So you'll be listening to this on a Wednesday night or morning. Or ho- anytime you want, Probably actually. mid to late evening. Twilight. Optimal time. Welcome <laughs> to Let There Be Light. Let There Be Light. We lost our contract we with really the thunder it. soundtrack yeah, sound we'll effect. Get it back. We'll get it back, though, man. Don't even worry about it. Um, well, today, tonight, this morning, <laughs> we will be hearing from Sarah about femininity <laughs> and other musings. And other it's a surprisingly difficult word to say, folks, for a lot of a lot of reasons. It reminds me of anemone, anemone from Finding Nemo. Anemone. Anemone. I know, but he says it like it's anemone, and he can't say it, and it's really cute. Film plug of the day. We are <laughs> please, not. Please sponsor us. Please sponsor <laughs> us, Finding Nemo. We are not affiliated with Finding Nemo. Anyway, we are actually recording in a very close knit position right now um it's rather um jarring <laughs> we just experienced some interesting technical difficulties i think we're actually getting worse at podcasting as, as we go on so that's unfortunate yeah so this is how we're going to be recording today i might mate mate might oh my gosh we might we might sound a bit echoey hopefully more me than sarah because sarah is leading our discussion today yes let's talk about women let's let's talk about how it feels to be a real woman real woman <laughs> go for it dude. so let's start with a good old google definition Ooh, let's do this qualities or attributes regarded as characteristic of women mm. is the definition of femininity what then though is characteristic of women. Characteristics. Typically, according to Wikipedia, Mm, the free encyclopedia, encyclopedia, uh, people think of gentleness, humility, empathy, sensitivity, delicateness, et cetera, et cetera. Et cetera. And... And Wikipedia is kind enough to note that these traits vary across cultures, but there it is, folks. Yeah, that's really what it means to be a woman. A woman in the church. In the church, specifically American church, which is what we're be what we will be focusing on today is uh, examining how the church, in particular, has defined what it means to be a woman um, through expressing your femininity and whether any of those definitions match what's in scripture because boy oh boy did i not see many (laughs) oh dang so basically this whole podcast will be taking things that were taken out of context and putting them back in context Context, yes basically (laughs) yes here's a disclaimer though oh big one this is not an argument examining biologically what women can or can't do so like strength wise because a lot of good people get into women were meant to be physically weaker than men this is not an argument that even makes sense when we're discussing femininity 
So, and I find it kind of counterproductive and uninformative because I typically see people using it to distract from the the main point. When you say it's not like an argument, like something to use in an argument against femininity, it's because in in this episode we're talking about like spiritually what femininity is. Yes. Okay. Yes. And also just like, it's a, it's a, it's not one that I've ever seen really used too well. Um, So from certain from certain angles uh but i won't say what those angles are i'll just all i have to say about that here is that you know women can't really be put into a stereotype and that's what we're going to find out and this is also not a specific discussion on gender or sexuality so take of that what you will disclaimer said and if you want to know more or just want to find more to uh, get spicy yeah. out. Get, <laughs> get spicy out. Uh, please listen onwards. Um, two ways that I'm proposing women learn about femininity in the church. One, explicit. So the things we he- are that are told to us outright. So sermons, uh, conversations, examples upheld as good or bad examples, books sold in the uh, church bookshop or books recommended from the pulpit, mm-hmm. uh, books read in small groups, what your small groups are saying, what the children's ministry is teaching, what the, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, what the church website says, very explicit. Mm-hmm. Some will even go so far as to have a stance on women uh, on the church website, which fascinating. Anyways, uh, implicit is the way certain traits or characteristics that no one, that people just kind of assume are there. Um, that are part of the culture of a church are rewarded or punished within a church culture. So the gossip that's said about you, the friends you make, the success you have, the recommendations you may or may not get, the romantic dates you may have, the reputation you hold, um, stuff that people generally understand and can regurgitate, but is usually unspoken. Spoiler, every church has a culture around femininity and masculinity. And if you think your church doesn't, it's because you're participating and you don't see, you know, you're not aware of what the, like, the currents going on around you. I recommend taking a little look. Getting spicy. Getting spicy. Yes. What, Marlene? <laughs> that was so targeted. What, do you have any examples or stories of things that, characteristics that you've seen or felt rewarded or punished as a woman in the church, specifically? Oh, boy, do I. Oh, <laughs> I have experienced a shunning Mm. church when I have tried to assume any sort of leadership in anything other than children's ministry. Mm. So anything other than Sunday school, um, anything other than watching two-year-olds, anything where I've expressed leadership in, I have been either completely shut down. Or I have been assigned to a man who is meant to overlook whatever ministry I'm working on. Um, So I would say, based on many experiences I've had, if I could just narrow it down, women are praised for being compliant, for being gentle, for being second in command, for doing a lot of administrative work, um, for helping out with kids, just not causing any problems or trouble or for making people feel uncomfortable, you know? Yeah. Um, For men, they're usually praised for leadership, being bold, assertive, 
taking charge, you know, like all those typical like masculine things, which we might have a whole other episode about. Oh, oh yes, stay tuned. Mm-hmm. Um, and then basically, if a woman does any of those things, it's like, oh no, honey, that's not your place, or they're shunned, like either implicitly or explicitly mm-hmm. shunned. Um, and yeah. <laughs> Yes. And a point we were talking about earlier, which I think was really good too, is that when uh, sometimes when women do have a characteristic that would be branded a certain way for a man, like if a woman steps up and states her opinion very straightforwardly, whereas a man, it would be assertive and bold. For a woman, it's typically, what did we say? Like Like, brash, mm. like super um, abrasive bossy mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. manipulative yes. catty aggressive Ooh, yeah, i yeah we i we've all if you're a woman who's stated her opinion honestly at any point in time i'm not and by honestly i'm not saying disrespectfully i'm saying just honestly been like hey actually i think it's this with all due respect you've probably been called aggressive it's happened to me it's happened to or if you've shown any emotion with a man that's like, oh my gosh, he's so strong for showing that he cares through his tears. But if you're a woman and you're in an argument with anybody in the church, the moment you shed a tear, she was hysterical. Yeah. Oh my gosh, she was being controlled by her feelings. She was leaning into the world and not into the word. <laughs> into the word. <laughs> Classic. Question of the day, where we really get into it. Oh, snap, here we go. I read... A lot of articles to research this. I believe you. I read so many. <laughs> and so many articles. I started to see a theme. And so I kind of took the top five characteristics that were listed as under what it truly means to be biblically feminine. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Feminine in a biblical a way. Femininity. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I kind of took like the top few ones. And we're going to kind of go through step by step so that you see kind of how we work through this and compare with scripture, which is important. Importante. Importante. <laughs> so question, are there any characteristics spiritually or personality-wise or trait-wise or whatever that belong only to a certain gender? I don't know, Arbor, sir. Well, let's find out. Oh. Characteristic one. Many sources that I uh, read said that women, part of being a feminine woman And they equated being a feminine woman with someone who is obeying God's word and doing what God commanded, not in like following God's commands, but in like, (laughs) how do I put this? Uh, Someone who was looking at the Bible to get a good definition of what it meant to be feminine, Mm -hmm. what it meant to be a woman, Mm -hmm. uh, said being relational, that a feminine woman was someone who was relational. Um. Here's the thing. Curious. Curious. Uh, One source argued that women need deep relationships and connections to thrive. What stands out about this instantly? Uh, That sounds like basic humanity. Yes. (laughs) So this is called being in community. (laughs) And everyone's called to pursue this. Uh, What's fascinating is that all the verses that I typically saw listed for this we're either in Genesis talking about Adam and Eve, which is not a teaching passage. So we're going to move on from that. And 
the next passages that I saw used were ones talking about how the body of Christ needed to be in community with each other and interacting, which is, by the way, including the whole body of Christ and doesn't just narrow down women. So to say this is a specifically feminine trait that God wants all women to have at all times, like, is incorrect. you should be as a woman in community, but guess what? As a man, you should also be in community. As a Christian, you should be as a in Christian. community. Yes. Mm. We all need to be in community. And to imply that women are like somehow extra gifted at socializing and extra gifted at relationships is a stereotype that the Bible never talks about, never states. And, you know, what? <laughs> First of all. <laughs> I feel like the reason why the Bible never talks about that is because it's literally a stereotype created by our culture it's almost like and here's the thing that i kind of saw a pattern of many defining saying hey culture is the real issue here culture ruins biblical ruins the definition of femininity um but then would use cultural norms and cultural ideas to express biblical concepts or rewrite biblical concepts interesting extremely um so to make socializing a woman's thing is like really damaging and also will really stunt true community because you're implying then that men don't need to be responsible for their part to play in community or for their part to build relationships. Men need friends too. Tune into our next episode. <laughs> next one. Uh, women supposedly have a nurturing what it means to be feminine is to have a nurturing nature i never got a definition for what they quite meant by nurturing uh it seemed to be something about the idea of like promoting conversation being able to build a home hmm. having family mothering that whole idea um and I think the thing with this one is that I see something in women understanding something unique about God that men can't because we have the ability to grow and give birth and sustain life. Mm -hmm. But I wouldn't take, I would use that phrase with great caution. And I also wouldn't take it very far because that's kind of going a little extra biblical. And particularly in the New Testament and Jesus's and even Paul's own teachings, to support this idea that somehow are to be nurturers is just, it's not in God's commandments. Mm -hmm. And like, I'm not called a mother, every man, woman, and child on the street. That's powerful. Yeah. Uh, and there are many women who don't want to have families, partners, or children, mm -hmm. which as we've seen in past episodes, <laughs> uh, is not a biblical requirement. So this idea of nurturing is just very vague. And if it's very vague and can't be up, backed up scripturally, which I almost saw no verses ever attached to this idea, um, it, that made sense in context. I saw a few from Mary and Martha, but that's a story in scripture that is not intended to be implied to all women. So I'm not going to pretend like I can take it and use it as such. Another interesting trait that I saw kept coming up, spiritual trait, specifically, that kept coming up in relation to what does it mean to be feminine in a biblical way. It's beauty. Are they saying men can't be beautiful? See, I know a lot of beautiful men. <laughs> <laughs> not, not to sound, I'll say their names right now. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Tune in for a bonus episode Ooh. of Marlene just listing the name. Just... <laughs> Zero context. 
Here's the thing, though. Almost all of the articles I read cited beauty, but then very quickly clarified they didn't mean physical beauty, though that was apparently a nice bonus and then almost instantly led into our next treat. Okay. Fascinatingly enough. But (laughs) they usually listed the verses Peter 3, 3 through 5, or 1 Timothy 2, 9 through 10 as the verse backing this all up. I desire then that in every place the men should pray, lifting holy hands without anger or quarreling. Likewise, also that women should adorn themselves in respectable apparel with modesty and self-control, not with braided hair and gold or pearls or costly attire, but with what is proper for women who profess godliness with good works. So many took this and used this to say, okay, well, can't have name brand stuff. That's too costly. Yes. Just like, okay, well, you shouldn't remember that, like, God wants a beautiful heart and something like women. A lot attempted to make the argument that through our modesty that um, and controlling our beauty, they almost instantly connected it to modesty and controlling what we look like physically so as not to tempt men, that we were telling the world something about the beauty and the nature of God, Um, which is like, well, that's not the context of the verse, first of all. There's nothing in here about women covering up to help men out. Mm-hmm. Here's what Paul is, I believe Paul is saying. So the context of all of this is how um, people, Jesus first, he, Paul goes into a discussion of how we intercede for all people and how Jesus died for all people. Um, and then I believe in the Peter verse, he talks about, you know, there's neither, and well, there's other verses too, but uh, there's, you know, there's no distinct, there's this new kind of church, right? Everybody gathers together and thanks God together. Uh, you, it's a different time of prayer and of teaching. It's not like being in the temples and it's not like being in the synagogue. I, I don't think necessarily the focus is on like women should be modest, but this idea that um, Paul is flipping a lot of narratives in the culture at that time and even now on their head and saying, hey, your worth isn't connected to how you look, oh, which is important. Um, and nor should we assume that just because someone is dressed richly or looks well off or put together that they're more godly or more worthy of our time or our praise in the mm-hmm. church. Um, because obviously, if you were a well-dressed woman at the time, maybe you were a businesswoman or maybe your husband was well-to-do. Mm-hmm. And so they might be paid more attention to and people would show favoritism based on how you look, right? Which is wrong. So Paul gets rid of all of that and says, okay, let's strip it down to one thing. What are you doing with your life? Mm-hmm. Whom does your spirit bow down to? Whom do you serve? He is worried only about that with good works. And even today, how many churches show favoritism to women who perform in the way culture dictates? Ooh, zinger. And using this verse, as much as like you might like to think it's backing up your narrative, no, because Paul is saying you can't – he would walk into a church and be like, I don't care how much she performs or looks a certain way on the outside as to what you might want or what you might validate or what you might be tempted to show favoritism to. It is purely how she is walking with the Lord. It is purely like as an, he brings it down and makes it about her being a Christian, her being saved, her walking with Christ. 
not even her being a woman, <laughs> just this is person walks with Christ. So that changes this whole idea. And so I would toss out the beauty thing as something that we uniquely tell the world about. As you pointed out, yes, there are a lot of beautiful men. <laughs> but like <laughs> we each Christian is called to show God's beauty by the beauty of our life as a believer and the beauty of our heart and the beauty of our love. And that is not confined to one gender. Oh. Nor is it one gender's responsibility more than another's. Then, so the beauty conversation seemed to always lead right directly into uh, another conversation, which is this idea that part of being truly feminine is looking like a woman. Ooh, tell me more about that. <laughs> uh, and so this one was always interesting because people would kind of go off into these kind of rambling paragraphs that would say, well, God wants you to validate the fact that you're a woman by dressing like a woman and not hiding your femininity, which was usually a sharp contrast from earlier where it's like, well, you have to cover up so that you don't tempt men. So then we're doing a sharp reverse and then we do and we say, oh, okay, well, you can't try to hide your femininity. You need to show that you're not ashamed of it and you need to follow cultural norms. Some would even go so far as to say, so like long hair, makeup, good jewelry. Interesting. I, ironic because, I mean, it's fresh in our mind. What is the verse that we just read? Don't adorn yourselves. Fancy stuff it's, is a no-no. Yeah, it just said <laughs> don't follow the culture. And then it's like, hey, in order to be a real biblical woman, you need to be following the culture, mm -hmm. actually. Mm -hmm. I don't know if people realize that's what they're saying, but that's what we'd be saying. That's what we <laughs> uh, And so many talked about how it was just bad to try to hide your femininity and would condemn – I'm a person with short hair for people who haven't seen our Instagram page. Uh, just anything that would make you, quote, look more masculine. Here's the thing. This so much depends on your culture. Also – there is not a single verse in scripture that was ever cited in any of these sections. And I would be hard-pressed to find a verse that says you're not a real woman if you're not dressing like culture dictates, which is literally the opposite of what we're supposed to do. Anyways, <laughs> I just was kind of blown away, I think, over and over and over again. By the hypocrisy. Yeah, it just, it just didn't make sense. I'm a woman because I was born one. Like, I'm a woman because God made me to be one. And I am feminine because that is what I am. There is not a right or a wrong way to really do it. Amen, sister. And a lot of them were like, oh, man, like, if you just don't feel like a woman and you're trying to hide that you're a woman and you're, like, dressing more masculinely. Actually, almost, I looked up, I cross-referenced. So many of these places, uh, these articles would start listing symptoms of gender dysphoria and it was like oh my gosh <laughs> and it was like here's the thing and so if you cut your hair is that a symptom of gender dysphoria um i think they would i don't think it's not in the dsm okay no um but they would like mix the two together Interesting. Almost. and so here's the thing though if you are experiencing gender dysphoria or body image issues because that also seemed to be something in there like if you don't love your body or whatever then you need to consult a licensed therapist and start working on whatever is going on with that. It doesn't mean that you're like in sin and trying to deny your femininity. Like the, the idea of dressing more, quote, like a woman should and understanding that's what it meant to be biblically feminine will not fix your problem, it will only make it worse. Mm -hmm. 
kids, if you are experiencing gender dysphoria and you have body image issues and you're just not sure how you feel about your sexuality or gender, please do not consult like do not go to a christian website that's gonna tell you yes, that exactly. you're dying from the inside out yeah yeah don't go do that to a therapist and start working See through a with someone. licensed medical professional yeah <laughs> go talk with someone who can help you work out what you're thinking and feeling and what's behind all that because that's a really complex issue and that is very little to do i think with the issue of oh you hate you think less of women and you don't like femininity biblically. And so you just want to try to hide that because you know, you're in rebellion. No, I don't think that's that. That's it at all. That doesn't, you know? So that was a very weird one. There's lots of layers there. Um, there's no right way to look like a woman. That's a very bold statement, but I'm going to leave that there where it is. There is no right way to look like a woman. Yes. And then the second part, um of this which is very short um is that a lot of them would then use language throughout these articles of women being portrayed as soft delicate weak inherently romantic there are a lot of women who may like very soft things and may love romance um but quote me one place in scripture where god shows that as like a thing as the thing that you should be doing. Yeah, as a as biblically a feminine trait. You will find it nowhere. And then a lot of places would then jump straight into the verses on what it means to submit in a marriage and on being a wife. Uh, and here's the thing. Not all women become wives. Yes. And if it's a verse on marriage, it will apply only to women in marriage. And that's not the scope of this podcast. Nor is that... Uh, something that will then apply to women or femininity in general, full stop. It's not an argument. Please stop including it in your articles. That's my petition. <laughs> yeah, please, please stop doing that. In conclusion, <laughs> I dared her to do that. In conclusion, oh, no. you might say to me, pretend we're sitting in a Denny's parking lot and you're shook. Why are we in? Okay, just to build, no, just no, to no, no, build no, no, the environment. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 they say, well, Sarah, you're stripping. All the things about femininity I hold to. You suck. What do I do now? What does this mean if the Bible isn't saying what I think it is about women? And then in the glow from the yellow light of the Denny sign, Sarah replies. <laughs> the ways that we think about women have a lot of implicit biases, stereotypes, misconceptions, and are way more informed by our culture than we would like to think they are. And we need to sort through that. Because they influence how we talk and think about women in the church to an incredible degree. And I think a majority is not biblical. Ooh! So... Hear that again. Then it's like, well, now you're making women the same as men. Hey, I've never made that claim. So, thank so. you for your time. Um, and B, yes, I'm saying there's an incredible amount of freedom here mm. in what it means to be a woman. Mm. What we're really called to do is to have characteristics that Jesus commanded all believers to have. Mm -hmm. You are feminine because you're born a woman. A woman. Mm -hmm. You uh, and what you like or dislike or dress like or wear your hair at, you know, it doesn't matter. If you are, if you are obeying what Jesus has called you to do, whether you're a woman, man, fish, 
whatever. <laughs> no. Uh, a woman, man, or fish. Uh, then you're doing well. Mm-hmm. Because here's the thing. We list all these traits, like gentleness, humility. Mm-hmm. Guess what? In the verses where scripture is listing out that believers should have these, it's not using gendered language. It's always in terms of all believers and always in terms of the body. 99% of the time, the fruit of the spirit, where it lists gentleness, kindness, patience, self-control, things that are typically associated as feminine traits, that verse is for the body of believers. Hmm. Love in 1 Corinthians 13, love is patient, love is kind, stated for all believers. Spiritual gifts, once again, instructions are given to all believers, the full church. Ephesians 5.1, which I'm just throwing out there for the audience to look up, is a whole list of things about Christians um, and how they should act and love each other. It will not, it does not differentiate between men and women. Colossians 3, 11 through 15, which I believe Marlene has for us. Oh, oh snap, here we go. Colossians 3, 11 through 15. Here there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body, you were called to peace and be thankful. Did you see the asterisk at the bottom that said this is for women only? Uh, uh, no, I see none. <laughs> oh, wow. That's because it's not oh, there. Oh, snap. Shockingly enough, being kind, loving, straightforward, honest, bold, those are just characteristics that different people have in general. They're not a specifically feminine or masculine trait. Um. What does this mean for you? If you're following scripture and loving God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and you're loving your neighbor as yourself, and you're a woman, you're a real woman. You're feminine. Mm -hmm. And you're doing it the right way. Thank you. No matter what. Um, (laughs) Thank you. In conclusion, thank you. There's this this phrase going around that really annoys me. Oh, no. Because I hear women using it. For themselves okay. and I hear guys using this and I've had this phrase told to me mm. and it says oh you're so cool because you're not like other girls and that's interesting because a uh-huh. it implies that there's a stereotype that's bad and that I like you because you don't follow this stereotype i.e. I don't have a lot of respect for women in general mm-hmm. um, and also it allows for this hierarchy of like there's this better way to be a woman than others have. Mm-hmm. Uh, my favorite source that I looked up, um, it was it's this article in ba- on boundless.com written by a lady named Val Dunham. Mm-hmm. And she wrote a fantastic piece on uh, how femininity and masculinity are misused in the church. And she says, 
Biblical teachings make it clear that the creator outlined different functional purposes for men and women, but those purposes are not reliant on our cultural interpretations of femininity and masculinity. And then she goes on to say some other really great stuff. I highly recommend it. It will be linked. But her point is, and mine is in conclusion, is that we respect and validate women whether they express themselves in a culturally normative or acceptable way or not. If there is someone who does not look at all how you think a typical woman in the church should look like, we don't get to say boo. Mm -hmm. And if there is someone who loves following all the classic ways of what people would generally think is the quote, the right way to be a woman, I also don't get to say boo. They're both doing okay. And that is that on that. Femininity. Snaps. Femininity and other musings. I think that was really okay. I think I think that is really illuminating. I love that word. Illuminating. Illuminating. Um I am really looking forward to comments that we get on this episode. Um I hope we get some really cool conversations going because I think this can be such an incredibly freeing topic because it encourages scriptural integrity. Yeah, and it encourages looking at where you are in your walk with God and if you are encouraging, you know, culture and your own bias, mm-hmm. you know? So like, I think what we said, like before the beginning of the episode was you said it was fascinating that a lot of churches are like, oh yeah, we're not of the world. Like we're countercultural, but then they embrace very specific cultural norms and mm-hmm. then give it the title of biblical. Yes. So I think that'll be really interesting to hear people's yes i i hope we get some really interesting ones because Mm -hmm. like there are so many different ways to be feminine and i'm constantly meeting new ones Mm -hmm. um and you're right i'm not like other girls you're not like other girls because we're women women. (laughs) no one is like none of us are (laughs) none of us are women none of us are like each other none of us are like each other and that's called how god created us beautiful diversity and there was light and there certainly was light. Awesome. Okay, so we'll be queuing up a lot of the links and whatnot in the um, caption of the episode. And yes. until then, y'all.